You're listening to episode 28 of the Bass Guitar Worship Blender podcast. I'm your host, Brent Hasaker, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Bass Guitar Worship Blender podcast. And once again, I'm here having to apologize to you for waiting so long between episodes. Um, had a nice, really good episode last time. I was really excited about it. Had a lot of momentum, um, ready to go into the next episode. And then, um, well, my wife kind of broke her leg. And uh, so that wasn't a good thing. And uh, she's uh, finally now um, is weight bearing again on it. Um, had to have surgery. It was uh, was not a it's not a good break. Um, and so the actual word that the doctor used in the emergency room was you shattered it. And that is not a word that you like to hear for your wife when it comes to her bones. And so we were mountain biking and. Uh, it's, I've been mountain biking for years and years and years. I love it. And uh, she was wanting to get into, the, get into it as well. She said, that looks like fun. I want to try it too. And so I was being very careful with her, taking her on very easy trails and uh, working up her skill level very slowly. And uh, she was doing phenomenally well and was just a really freak weird accident that, um, yeah, um, unfortunately my wife's a little clumsy. And uh, so unfortunately we had a little bit of a freak accident and she broke her leg. So um, we actually didn't even quite get out of the parking lot. Um, but um, so anyway, she's doing very good now, I'm very happy to say. And um, and uh, yeah, so that was, that, that the last uh, three months has kind of been, uh, yeah, I kind of put everything on hold for that. And you know, the first, definitely the first month that she broke her leg, um, you know, she had to have surgery and have plates put in and all kinds of stuff like that. And so, uh, she basically was in a wheelchair and and uh, not very mobile and uh, you know so I was pretty much caregiver there doing a lot of working from home too and uh, for those that aren't familiar with my wife she actually is, is part of this podcast you've heard her every single every single episode I've done because she is the one that does the uh, voiceovers for the podcast so uh, she is a, a part of this podcast so uh, yeah I definitely put things on hold. Uh, to take care of her because she is the most important thing. Um, so now she's getting a lot better. Um, she's actually, today is her first day back at work. She had been working from home. Uh, very fortunate she was able to do that while she was down. Uh, she'd been just working part-time from, from home as she could, but now she's uh, her first day in the uh, back in the office. And today is my first day with my... Uh, Christmas day off for the holidays is the 21st, I believe. And so I'm, I've got the few days off going into Christmas. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm now home alone and she's off at work. So I guess I'll, I'll get back to recording a, a podcast episode. So here I am. And uh, so this is a long awaited follow up to the last episode. Again, I'm sorry about that, but I hope you understand the, uh, the situation. And today on the podcast, I've got a, a, a segment that I'm, I, it's like, we're going, we're coming into Christmas and that's like a happy, joyous time. And I'm going to, I'm going to throw something heavy on you and I'm sorry about that. Um, but I feel like it's, it's really important. So yeah, let's uh, get started. 
this episode's segment. Secular musicians are kicking our butts and what we need to do about it. All right, so for this segment of my podcast, I'm actually also recording it with video. So if you're listening to my podcast, the Bass Guitar Worship Blender podcast, know that I'm also recording this as a video, so you can also watch it on my video channel. Uh, So if you're not familiar with my video channel, that's uh, the Worship Blender, which is on YouTube. And if you're watching this on the video channel, you're not familiar with my my podcast, you can go uh, basically anywhere where you listen to a podcast. You can just do a search for the Bass Guitar Worship blender podcast and you'll find the podcast so kind of cross cross promoting this uh, particular segment here and the reason for that is because i think that it applies for both of my audiences for both my uh podcast and also for my video channel and um the reason why it applies is because it's really for any any musicians that that play on a worship team um it's uh, it has to do with memorization and so Basically, how many people out there uh, have also, in addition to playing on a worship team, have also played on a secular team or, you know, a band or whatever that plays secular music or any kind of secular music at all? Uh, I know for me, I didn't get saved until approximately 10 years ago, so I spent most of my life as a musician playing secular music in one way or the other, whether it was as a kid learning classical music on piano and, and having to memorize songs, or if it was playing in bands and playing out at clubs and bars, because if you're playing secular music and uh, that's, you know, that's basically, if you, that's where the gigs are, you have to go out and you have to play you know, bars and gigs and from a uh, being in still in high school in the late 80s, I was already playing in bars and gigs at that time. So I've spent a lot of time doing secular music in those environments. And uh, in those environments, like say, for example, at a club or a bar, uh, you're usually playing four sets of 10 songs. And so that's 40 songs. And if you're playing, say, a Friday night and a Saturday night at the club or the bar, there's going to be an expectation of you to not play the exact same songs both nights. So you're probably going to maybe repeat 20 of those songs the second night, but then have 20 new fresh songs to add in. So doing the math there, you're doing at least 40 songs if you're playing one night, or if you're playing two nights, you're probably playing roughly around 60 songs. And now playing on a worship team, I play four songs. <laughs> four songs on a Sunday, and that's it. And so back in the day, we were memorizing 60, up to 60 songs for a weekend. And we, this was back, like I said, in the late 80s, in the 90s, very early 2000s. Uh, you know, we didn't have the internet then. Um, we didn't have iPads. We didn't have chord charts or anything like that. You were just, as a band, we were expected to learn our parts separately, come together, rehearse, make sure we had all the songs down. Then, when, then we went out and we got the gigs. And so uh, there was no spoon feeding uh, of what we should play. It was just, we had to go figure it out on our own and show up, have the songs memorized and be able to play them. And so now uh, on a worship team, four songs, it's like, wow, this is, <laughs> this is easy. I only got to learn four songs and then they're going to repeat over and over throughout the year, you know, in, in the rotation of the songs. So uh, for me, I just, I typically very rarely ever, never uh, 
play with an iPad with chord charts on, uh, on ser during service. Now I'll have an iPad on stage. Um, I'll use it basically just as a song list. Okay, what's the next song? Oh yeah, okay, uh, that's the next song. What's the next song? Okay, yeah, that's the next song. Let's go to that. Um, or occasionally, maybe there might be a song that's new and I'm like, I'm like, oh, that one section I can't quite remember. Let me just kind of pull that up before we start to make sure I got that part. Yeah, okay, that's good. Um, but basically, I'm memorizing everything. And I'm, I want this video to kind of encourage people to memorize songs as well uh, because it, when you are got your head buried in an iPad, uh, it's it kind of hard to really be connected with the music. Again, I'm, I, I'm not saying you can't use use it because like I said, there's times when I do and I'm actually gonna contradict myself here too because actually I play at two churches now. I play on one on my home church on Sundays and then every other Wednesday, I play at a completely different church and that church has a different, different songs that they play and even the songs that are the same, they play them completely differently. Um, they do all kinds of weird stuff with arrangements and stuff. So I've got a lot of notes on my chord charts and I usually probably don't even know what songs we're playing until the Wednesday before service. I'll be at work and I'll get an email. Oh, here's the songs for tonight. I'm glad we finally got those. Okay, great. And so I'll be at work though, so I can't practice them. So the, the first time I actually get to run through the songs will be during sound check right before service. So yes, I've got <laughs> iPad on stage uh, going through all the chord charts for those songs in that particular situation. So it's okay to use chord charts. I'm not condemning anyone if you are. I'm just saying in general, you should be trying to memorize the songs. And of course, it's gonna vary from, from the culture of the church too. Like for example, on the Wednesday church too, I don't get the songs to the last minute, but also at the same time, there's not an expectation from a presentation standpoint of having to have the songs memorized with the band because we're basically off to the side of the stage. The singers are the only ones that are up front with lights on them. Um, we're kind of almost, I don't want to say we're like a pit orchestra or anything like that because we're still visible up on stage, but we're really way off to the side. Also, we've got our, our piano player actually is playing a real acoustic grand piano with the lid up, and I'm basically sitting behind it next to the drummer. So really most of the congregation can't even see me because I'm behind the piano with the lid up sitting down. And uh, so from a presentation standpoint, it's really not important for me to, to have to play without the chord chart, you know, from a presentation standpoint. Where a lot of churches, there is going to be an expectation, hey, no chord charts, you gotta really be making eye contact with the congregation and presenting um, as part of what you're doing with worship. And so I do realize that every church is gonna be a little bit differently. A lot of churches though are very lenient on, okay, whatever you need, you know, yeah, every week you can have your, your, uh, your iPad up, but they're the same songs every week for the most part. and they're the same four chords in most of these. So I mean, contemporary worship is pretty easy stuff. I mean, come on. And it's the same four chords, just in different keys and in different orders, but it's still the same four chords. So basically secular musicians are kicking our butts. I mean, come on, they're, they're memorizing 60 songs for a weekend and we're struggling to do four. So let's not let that happen. I mean, 
we should be leading the world, not the world leading us. We shouldn't have to have our secular musician friends that we're inviting to church and hoping that they'll, they'll, they'll uh, you know, see Jesus, uh, you know, through what we're doing. And they show up and they're like, oh, you know, why are, why is the band struggling with, you know, getting through these four songs, they got to just, they're all looking at their iPads. Why is, I mean, if they're focusing on that, then they're not, they're not hearing the message of, of the songs. And it's like, oh, come on, you know, so let's, let's lead the world. Let's not let the world lead us. So for us as bass players, and I say bass players, even though this is also being broadcast on my video channel, but really even my video channel skews mostly towards bass players and the podcast is for worship bass players. So I'm saying from a standpoint of a bass player, I think we can really lead the way here and be able to be the ones that memorize our songs first, because honestly, our our parts are usually the easiest. And, um, and then kind of lead as an example here and not use iPads, at least not all the time on the platform so that you can kind of encourage other band members to start doing the same thing because you don't, again, church is a little different than secular music. You're not there to, to put on a show. I realize that, but when people are in the congregation, they just see everybody staring, you know, playing instruments or whatever. And they're just staring at what's the next note on my chord chart on my iPad. And it's like, it's the same four chords to the whole song. Why do you have to look at your, chord chart at all. I mean, you just go, okay, these are the four songs. It's repeating over and over. There's not much to it. So we should really be, uh, I just want this video in podcast uh, episode to really uh, encourage people to really focus on, on memorization. Having said all that, this Sunday, <laughs> I'll be playing with a chord chart because this Sunday is actually Christmas Eve. I'm recording this on December 21st. And so Christmas, everybody knows we all, we get chord charts at the last minute of Christmas songs uh, that we're going to do. And they'll, there's a billion different versions of every Christmas song that's out there. And usually the, the chord chart that we have that the worship leader wants us to do won't match any of the recordings of that particular version of the song that we have. So it's like, okay, we got to make sure, you know, the way I might want to play this particular song completely differs from how this chord chart is written. So uh, just to keep me in check, I'll have the, uh, my iPad up for this Sunday as we do those Christmas carols. Also, I'm, my role is kind of changing a little bit at the church. I'm becoming much more of a music director at my home church in addition to being a bass player. So now there's, I've kind of been that role for a while, but it's becoming more serious about it and more of an expectation from me to give a lot more cues during service because if any of you have played with backing tracks, you'll know that you'll, you get the little lady that speaks to you that says, verse one, you know, verse two, chorus. And there, she's always like the recorded version of her. She's always talking to you, at, you know, when you're playing to that click track of what's the next thing you need to play. And so we don't play that much with tracks, but we played enough with tracks that our band goes, we really like that. Um, so we're not playing with tracks. There's now becoming an expectation from me to, to give all of those cues all throughout the, uh, the song. And for me, since I'm not always looking at, you know, I memorize the songs and there you go. So 
I might say, okay, let's play, let's go to the bridge and, um, you know, do the bridge again or things like that. And they might say, well, which bridge? Bridge 1A or 1B? And I'm like, what do you mean? And then I'll have to look at the court chart and go, okay, they've split out what I call the bridge into two different sections. And it's still the same exact chords, but there's just different lyric lines. And so they're dividing it on the chord chart that way. And so I just need to have notes to make sure I know that what I'm saying matches their particular chord chart. Like if I say verse two, I'm thinking, hey, the verse that's after the first chorus. Well, maybe the verse, first verse on the song plays twice as long before it gets to the first chorus. So they have verse one and verse two as what I would call just verse one. Verse one is just longer. So things like that, I have to make sure that my naming conventions match up with the chord chart that the musicians are looking at. So now I'm starting to kind of make more of those notes and just having a cheat sheet for all of the songs just all on one page of making sure I, I know what those differences are and the naming conventions and how I do things and stuff like that. So I'm starting to use a chord chart, or I should say an iPad more now for my Sunday service when I didn't before, just to make sure I'm saying the right things from a music director perspective. But I'm hoping over time that I can start weeding that out as well. Um, so again, I'm not saying you can't use chord charts or shame on you if you're using chord charts. Absolutely not. Use them when you need them. All I'm saying is that make sure you're trying to memorize them and start moving more towards memorization more often than you're actually having to use chord charts. And I think you'll find that playing is a lot more fun because you're not stuck in a chord chart. And also there's a confidence that you have when you have a song memorized, there's, there's a confidence there. Like if, if I was playing, like a, per, a perfect example, classical people say, well, what about classical music? You know, symphony orchestras, they, they all have chord, you know, they all have sheet music in front of them and stuff like that. Yes, absolutely. That's true. But that's a different expectation there, just like different churches have different expectations, different cultures and things like that. But typically the lead instrument, if somebody's soloing, then that person very rarely is going to be looking off of a chord chart. Or if you've got, uh, like I mentioned, uh, learning classical music as I was growing up, I would have to memorize songs because a pianist getting up on stage, typically there's an expectation of having those songs memorized. And I can tell you that when, I'm, when I would learn a classical music piece and have it memorized, the difference between how well I play it when it's memorized versus when I'm sight reading it off the sheet music is, is night and day. Um, you really can't play something that complex without it being memorized and being uh, having muscle memory involved. And so when, it, when that's what memorization really leads to is that muscle memory where it's just your hands are just automatically playing it. You're not thinking about it and you're just flowing with the music. And so there's just such a huge advantage there. Don't, I'm just don't be a, don't don't be wanting to be spoon fed by, by your worship leader. Oh, what's my, what's my chord chart this week? Uh, just focus on on memorizing the song, listening to the song, and, and finding out if there's particular things in that song that the chord chart's not telling you because chord charts are just, they don't, it's, it's basically an outline of the song. It's not all of the parts. So you really aren't going to get everything you need out of just looking at a chord chart. Compare that against the recording the song, play through it, and see what differs from 
the core chart because sometimes core charts are wrong and I've made videos on that and how and why that's the case and and how chords that are written there are completely wrong or they the core chart might be implying a melody line or something like that but not actually implying the chords that you're playing different things like that so I would encourage you to watch those videos if you have a chance but um you know compare the chord chart against the music and just really focus on learning, memorizing the song. I probably am beating that horse to death now, so I'll, I, think, I think I've probably made my point good enough. I can end this episode. If I think of anything else, I'll tag it on at the end of the video slash uh, recording. All right, so uh, thanks for watching and thanks for listening. All right, that's it for another episode of the Bass Guitar Worship Blender podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm sorry I got a little heavy on you on that that uh, that segment, but I feel like it's uh, it's important because secular musicians should not be kicking our butts. We should be kicking theirs. And so let's try in 2024 to to really really improve on our skill sets to be able to to grow as musicians and to uh, try harder. And uh, because you know we're playing for Jesus and we're playing for uh, for other people who are visiting our church and you know testing the waters on this whole Jesus thing so let's uh, let's give it our best and I think that our best would include memorization so let's uh, let's try and shoot for that all right thanks again for listening and God bless you